We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Say this out loud, bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. Are you ready to receive? Okay. Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 28, verses 9 and 10. Isaiah 28, verses 9 and 10. As are the prophets speaking about the people of God and uh, how they are relating to God at that particular point in time, says, says this in Isaiah 28 verses 9 and 10, he says, Whom will he teach knowledge? And with whom, whom will he make to understand the message? So whom will God teach? To whom will God make understand? And then he asks two questions. Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So as I ask this question, you know, to whom will God teach knowledge and to whom will he impart understanding? Is he going to do it for little babies? And then he, in his answer to that question, he says, you know, this is how God teaches us. This is how God imparts knowledge to us. He does it line upon line, precept upon precept. Meaning, each time God speaks to us, he adds one line to all the previous lines that he has given to us. Amen? Each time God speaks to us, he adds a little instruction to add to all the previous instructions he's already given. In other words, what God is speaking to you today builds upon all that he has already been speaking to you. Which also means what God is going to be speaking to you tomorrow will be in addition to what he's speaking to you today. Which means that how you... How you receive what God is speaking to you today will determine whether or not you're ready to receive what he speaks to you tomorrow. Amen? Because he's adding line upon line, precept upon precept. So it is very important that at any given point in time and God is speaking to you and me, that we know how to receive what God is speaking. Amen? Because if I don't receive correctly today, I may also miss tomorrow what he is speaking. Because he's adding to what he has spoken today. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. 
That's how God works in our lives. Here a little, there a little. He doesn't come and say, okay, here's everything you need to know. Finish. Impartation given. Go. No, he's adding, adding, little by little, he adds to our lives. So it is important for us to learn how to receive from God. In Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew chapter 13, we have uh, the record. Matthew 13, we look at verses 10 to 16. We have the record of Jesus uh, speaking to the crowds that came to him. He gave them the parable or the story of the sower. Where he said, one, uh, a man went out to sow some seed. Uh, some seed fell by the wayside. Some seed fell on stony ground. Some seed fell among thorns. Uh, and some seed fell among good ground. And then he, he describes what happened in each one of those things. Uh, and as he gives this story, it's basically a story from their own lives. A story from the lives of the people. They relate to farming. They relate to the idea of a sower going out to sow seed. They relate to it. So it's a story they all understand. But then the disciples come to him in Matthew 13. We'll pick up on verse 10. And then his disciples came, to, came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? So Lord, why are you telling them all these nice stories? Why? And then Jesus begins to explain. He said, Because, verse 11, Because it has been given to you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That means you, my disciples, you've got the capacity, God-given ability to understand spiritual things, to understand mysteries. But to them, they don't have that capacity. It's not been given. They don't have that. Verse 12. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, that seems very unfair. We thought that whoever does not have, to them God will give. But Jesus says that's not the way it works in the kingdom. So we adjust our thinking a bit. In the kingdom... Whoever has, God will give more, so they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even the little he has will be taken away. And we'll come back and explain this a little later on. But understand that in the kingdom, God does not respond to need. He responds to the heart. We'll come back to this a little later. And then Jesus continues. He says, verse 13, Because of this, I speak to them in parables, in stories, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, when I speak to them, I speak to them in parables. I'm trying to hide truth for them. I'm trying to put this truth in a story that will get their attention, that will capture their understanding, and hopefully in the process, they will understand the truth that the story contains. That's why I'm speaking to them in stories. And he says, you know, but these people, their eyes, they can't see, their ears, they can't hear, their hearts are dull. They can't even understand what I'm saying to them. 
So here's the point I want us to get this morning. Many times, even though a man or a woman of God may stand before us, anointed of God, giving us the right word, if we are not ready to receive, that word will do us no good. There was nothing wrong with Jesus, the preacher. He was anointed of God. Amen? There was nothing wrong with the word. He was speaking. He was speaking the right word of the Father. But because these people were not ready to receive, that word did not save them, heal them, and change them. Amen? So, the point here is this. You and I are living in such a wonderful time in the history of the church. Just an amazing time. We have access to so much. I mean, you could sit here in Bangalore and you can listen to almost any great man or woman of God from anywhere in the world. You can watch them on God TV. You can download their podcasts. You can watch live streaming of their services. You can read their books. I mean, amazing opportunity. Access to anything. Almost anything. Any man, woman of God, anywhere in the world. The anointing and revelation God's releasing to them, through them, we have access to. Amen? Sunday after Sunday, you come to church. You sit down, you hear the word of God. And here's what I want us to understand. That the fruit of everything... Depends not only on the anointing and revelation the preacher brings to you, but also depends on your readiness to receive. Amen? There was nothing wrong with Jesus the preacher. But the people, their eyes couldn't see, their ears couldn't hear, their hearts couldn't understand. And so the word released to them did not make a difference in their lives. Amen? I want to encourage you and me. That every time we come to church, every time you go attend a meeting, a conference, a seminar, you listen to a man or a woman of God on television, you listen to their podcasts, or you read their books, every time we must be ready to receive. Amen? If the revelation anointing coming through them is going to make a difference in our lives. Otherwise, it will be like water off a duck's back. Do us no good. Amen? So this morning, I want to share with us on how we can be ready to receive spiritually. And I want us to listen very carefully because this is going to determine whether or not you and I actually receive of the revelation and anointing that is being released into our lives through God's servants, men and women, that God is using. Are we ready to receive. Number one, how can you and I be ready to receive of the revelation anointing that God brings our way through His servants? Number one, a high hunger level, wanting more from God. A high hunger level. We've got to be hungry. For more of God. Our hunger level is going to determine whether or not we are going to receive what is being sent our way 
at that particular moment. Are you hungry for God's word? Are you hungry for the anointing of God coming into your life? Are you hungry for God? In Isaiah the 44th chapter, the verse, third verse, three verses three and four, God says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. On whom does God pour water? On him who is thirsty. Question is, are you thirsty? He says, I will pour floods on dry ground. We must be like dry ground. Every drop falls in a soak it in. Be hungry. Our hunger level is going to determine our readiness to receive. Are we going to, how much we're going to soak in, how much we're going to receive of the revelation anointing that's coming our way that is determined by how hungry we are. Amen? Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, First be attitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, let's understand. What does it mean to be poor in the natural, in money or things like that? You're needy. You want more. You're begging. You're asking for more. Now translate that to the spirit realm. In the spirit, you're like a person who's needy. Who's always wanting more. You're quote unquote begging for more. God, I want more. That's being poor in the spirit. Amen? Interestingly, in the kingdom of God, you are rich and yet God calls us to be poor in the spirit. We are rich because the Bible says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And yet you're walking as you're poor in the spirit. You're saying, God, I want more. In the kingdom of God, you can be full and you can still be hungry. Amen? You've just had a great meal, feast in the word of God. Maybe you woke up this morning and you spent two hours with God. You had a fantastic time. God was speaking to you. And yet when you come to church, you're hungry for more. Amen. Blessed, verse 6, Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, is what Jesus said. So how can I be ready to receive, be in a constant state of hunger? God, I'm hungry for more of you. Hungry for more of your words. I'm hungry, God. Amen. That determines, our hunger level determines whether we are ready to receive. Now, unfortunately, we are living in a consumer-driven society, a consumer-driven world. Where businesses are not trying to meet needs. Now they're trying to see how they can make life even more comfortable. I mean, the days of meeting needs are gone. You've got your rice, your chapati, all that comes to you. But now it's not about the needs. Now it's about how much more comfortable can we make your life? There used to be the landline. And then came the mobile phone. And then came, after the mobile phone came the PDA. And, 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 you know, and then now everything now is like on your fingertips. How much more can we make life comfortable for you? 
Now, unfortunately, many of us carry that same attitude when it comes to the things of God. So we come to church with that consumer mentality. Pastor, make it comfortable for me. <laughs> just, make, just, just make this Christian life as easy as possible. Make it comfortable. So, churches have to adjust the programs from equipping people to entertaining people. Why? Because we've got consumers coming to church, not Christians. Sorry. They're still Christians. But their mindset is consumers. So we've got entertainment going on in church, you know. Let's see how well we can entertain people so that they come back next Sunday. Let's see how comfortable we can make the Christian life and the programs so they come back, meet their need of a consumer. But this will not be so amongst us. Amen. When you come to church, you know, you leave your consumer mentality outside the door. You can pick it up afterwards. When you come and sit here, you're coming not to be entertained. You're coming to be equipped. You're coming not to learn how to make the Christian life comfortable. You're learning to how to press in deeper into God. If it means you need to stir up your nest, make your life a little uncomfortable, so be it. Amen? If you come in feeling full and at the end of the sermon you feel miserable, hallelujah! It's great! Because at least you will go back home and cry out to God. Amen? If you came to church feeling that, well, I've, I've heard all the messages I've ever had to learn. You come in here and you leave feeling like, God, I know zero about God. Hallelujah. Because at least now you've been stirred up to be more hungry for God. Amen. We are here not to entertain. We are here to equip. We are here not for consumers. We are here for Christians who are willing to be salt and light in our city. A voice to the nation and to the nations. Amen. Be hungry for God. If at any time you feel complacent, pray a simple prayer. God, make me hungry. Amen. God, make me hungry for you. Stir up my desire for more of you. Make me more hungry for you. If you feel you're not praying enough, say, God, help me to pray more. Give me the grace to pray more, to seek you more, to be more hungry for God. Because that is going to determine how much you receive today. And so that you can be ready for what he wants to speak to you tomorrow. The second important thing about being ready to receive from God. Is humility of heart. That is being teachable. Eager to learn. In James chapter 1 and verse 21. James says. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. James 1 verse 21. He says, receive with meekness, with humility of heart, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So how must I receive? I must receive with meekness. Meaning, I must remain teachable. 
I must remain willing to learn at all times. Let's talk about the opposite of it so that we understand what is the correct posture of, of being of receiving with meekness. You know, if I come to church or attend any meeting, and the moment, example, example, suppose one of my Bible college students stands here to preach, and I'm sitting down there. If I say, man, everything he knows I taught him, what's he going to tell me today? So let me take a nap. I am not going to receive anything. God could be speaking through him the very word I need. But because of the attitude of my heart that there is no meekness, I will not be receiving the implanted word. But if I sit there and I say, God, it doesn't matter if he's younger than me. It doesn't matter if he sat under my teaching and he learned from me. But today as he stands there, he is your servant. And I know you can use any man, woman. So God, I, I'm asking you to speak to me through him. You know what? God will speak. God will use him to speak to me. Because I'm sitting with meekness of heart to receive the engrafted word. Amen. So the attitude of your heart, the humility of our heart, the teachableness, the willingness to learn will determine whether we are ready to receive or not. But if we come and sit in here and say, you know what? I've heard everything for the last 25 years I've been attending church. What new thing is this preacher going to tell me? I can guarantee you might as well stay home because none of what I say is going to benefit you. Why? Not because something wrong with the preacher. Your heart's not ready. You're not ready to receive. Amen? Sometimes, these are things that we all struggle with. The preacher comes up and we know he didn't pass his 12th standard. So the moment he walks up, immediately we tune off. This fellow, he never passed his 12th standard. What is he going to speak to me? That will change my life. What happened? There is no meekness in our heart. And so, even though he may be speaking a right word under the anointing of the Spirit, nothing happens. Why? Because our heart, our heart, heart attitude. We've tuned off because we, something about him. For Jesus, it was, he is the carpenter's son. I mean, we know him. The carpenter's boy, we saw him playing marbles on our streets. They tuned off. Could not receive. Even though others were saying, where did this man have this wisdom and this mighty works? The same audience, two different reactions. Nothing wrong with the preacher. It was the attitude of the heart. Amen? Now sometimes, we tune off because of the denomination of the preacher. Here comes a Methodist preacher. Ah, Methodist. He's a full-blood evangelical. You know, and we tune off. What can this man speak to me? I'm a spiritual, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, charismatic believer. And because of the denominational affiliation of the preacher, we tune off. Now listen, that's not the right attitude. Because if he is a man or woman of God, 
doesn't matter what religious affiliation he has or she has. If they have a living relationship with God, God can speak through them. Amen. What matters is not their denomination. What matters is do they have a living relationship with God? God doesn't respect denominations anyway. He doesn't favor the spiritual denomination more than the others, does he? He doesn't. It's just that sometimes we tune off. I want to encourage you. Whatever meeting you go to, if that person up there, you know he's a genuine man of God, he has a, he's walking with God, he has a relationship with God, doesn't matter if he's Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Anglican, Syrian, Syrian Orthodox. I know what else is there. How? Doesn't matter. If you know that that man is a true man or a woman of God, you open your heart and say, God speak to me. Through them, God will speak. Amen? Now, if he's a dead preacher, I wouldn't waste my time attending. Amen? We always reproduce after our own kind. Death produces death. Life produces life. But if he has a relationship with God, then God can use him. Pay attention. Don't you know, just because he comes from a different denomination. Amen? So what is it? Receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. Receive with meekness. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul writes, he says, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So he's writing to Thessalonians, he says, Thessalonians, I want to commend you for something. When you heard us bringing the word of God to you, you did not receive it as the word of men, but you received it as the word of God. See, how you perceive the person delivering the word and what he's delivering will determine whether it works effectively in you or not. So he's commending this Thessalonians. He's saying you received it not as the word of men. But you took it that this is the word of God. This is God speaking to me. I better pay attention. And he was using earthly vessels. And so what happened? That word effectually worked in those who believed it. Amen? So how you receive the word is so important. You know, I like to just kind of hang out with people after service. Maybe I'm just attended the service with a group of people. We go out for lunch. It's be interesting to see what they talk. Most people have roast pasta for lunch. You didn't get it, you know. <laughs> they take the pasta and grill him. They discuss the delivery style. He was walking up and down the stage today. Too much. Why can't he stand behind the pulpit and talk, you know? Or why was he shouting so much? I mean, he has a mic anyway. Whatever. They discuss the delivery. 
and maybe they go a little beyond that to discuss about the jokes or all the wrong things he said. But you can tell when people are serious about the message. Because then they don't worry about the delivery style. They don't worry about the jokes they worry about. They are concerned about the truth that they heard. What was the truth God was speaking to us? Is what they will deal with. And Paul says to the Thessalonians. When you receive the word. You didn't look at it as a word of man. You received it as a word of God. And therefore that word is working effectually in you who believe. Why will the message work effectually in you believe? Because you've received it as the word of God, not the word of man. Amen? So question is, are you more concerned with the truth? Or are you concerned with what clothes he was wearing? He didn't comb his hair today. He changed his hairstyle today. <laughs> Whatever. Are you more concerned with the preacher, the individual, his style, and the unnecessary things? Or are you really concerned with the truth that was delivered? Amen? Number three. How can I be ready to receive? Now, this is not just when you come to church. Anytime you listen to God's word being ministered. Number three. How can I be ready to receive? Back in that same verse in James 1.21. He says... Lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. So number three, if I, want to, if I want to be ready to receive, I must have holiness of life. That means I must not be hindered by ungodly desires. Many times, the word coming to us is powerful. It's the anointed word. It's the very word God wants to us to hear. But that word doesn't affect us. Why? Because we want to hold on to ungodliness. James says, lay aside ungodliness. Lay aside wickedness in order to receive the word. So, we come to church. The moment... The Holy Spirit starts dealing with certain areas of our lives where we are wrong. Okay, That part of the message, not for me. It's for the brother sitting there. That part God was not speaking. It was for him, not for me. Why? Because we want to keep with our ungodly desire. Not willing to let it go. And so we reject. We have selective hearing. Because the things that deal with sin, that deal with godliness, we don't want to listen to that. But what's the consequence? You will lose out on the revelation and anointing that God wants to bring into your life and mine. In Mark, the fourth chapter, Jesus put it like this. He said, Mark 4, 18 and 19, talking about the seed that was sown among thorns. He said, you know, the seed that was sown among thorns, it took root, it started growing. But as it grew up, the thorns choked it and killed it. Didn't produce anything in their lives. And then he tells us what the thorns are. He says, the thorns represent the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. So in my heart, if there are thorns... I could receive the anointed word. It comes right into my heart, takes root, begins to grow. But the moment it starts growing, 
chokes, kills. Why? What kills it? It's the ungodly desires. The lust for other things. They make the word of God unproductive. It's the anointed word. But it didn't produce. So in order for the word of God to produce in my life, I must come with readiness to say, God, I'm willing to lay aside every sin. I'm really willing to let go of every wickedness because I honor the word. I honor the anointing. And I want that word to produce in my life. I'm willing to make changes. Amen? Could this be the reason why so many of us Christians have heard thousands of messages but I've shown very little progress. Why? Because we want to keep certain areas as areas of God. That area, please don't touch. Because I have certain desires there that I want to fulfill. And so what happens? It chokes the word of God. So year after year, we listen to one anointed preacher after another anointed preacher. And we're still at the same level. Why? Not, nothing wrong with the preachers. But it's possible that once the word comes in and takes root, there are these lusts for other things that choke the word and keep me at the same level over and over again. Amen? But you and I must be willing to say, God, I'm willing to let go of these sins because I want that word to produce in my life. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. Number four, how can I be ready to receive? When I come to hear the word of God, Come to receive anointed ministry. Number four, I must be ready to be stretched. Ready to be stretched. That means I'm not looking for milk. I'm ready for solid food. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Suppose saying, Corinthians, when I came to you, I'd have fed you with milk. Keep it short and sweet. Nice and easy. I couldn't feed you with solid meat, solid food. Why? Because you were not able to receive. So we have responsibility as hearers. When we come, we must come ready to receive, ready to be stretched, ready to receive solid food. Now, milk is important. Milk has its place. We all go through babyhood stage. And during babyhood stage, we all need milk. It's what's going to help us move from babyhood to grown-uphood, or whatever that is. All right? So milk has its place. It's the original health drink, right? Now, 
Milk pacifies. Milk soothes. But milk doesn't call you to take on responsibility. Milk doesn't challenge you to rise up and be something in the kingdom. Milk makes you comfortable. Remain where you are. But how long are we going to stay on milk? As a parent, if your child stays on milk too long, you are going to be terribly worried. You're waiting for that child to go past just drinking milk to having some solid food because you want the child to grow up, start changing their own diapers and putting their own clothes and bathing themselves. And you want that child to grow up and take some responsibility at home and, and help out in the house and, and become an adult person and, and go out in the world and fulfill their destiny. Amen? You don't want the child to remain a baby forever and ever, amen? You don't want that to happen. But for, in order for that child to grow up, you need to feel the child, you need to feed the child with solid food. So now, if I come to church saying, I just want milk, pastor, make it easy, add a little bit of sugar, extra sugar, you know. make it sweet. Don't call me to rise up to my destiny. Don't tell me I have a responsibility in the kingdom of God. Don't tell me I am called to cast out devils and heal the sick. Don't tell me that I'm called to be salt and light in this world. Don't tell me all those things. Pastor, feed me with milk. Tell me God loves me. He cares for me. He forgives my sin. I'll keep sinning. Just show me every Sunday that he keeps forgiving me my sins. Now see, milk is important. We need to have all that. But God wants us to grow up. He wants each one of us to rise up and fulfill destiny in life. Which is his dream for you as an individual. In order to do that, we must come ready to receive solid meat. Pastor, tell me, what must I do to fulfill the call of God on my life? Pastor, tell me, how should I pray? How should I get out there and be a witness for Jesus? How should I be, have influence and impact in my world? Pastor, tell me, what must I do to fulfill the call of God? Lift me up to my destiny. Come with that attitude. Amen. Ready to receive. In Hebrews 5, the writer of Hebrews reiterates the same thing. Let's look at it. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. He says, for though by this time... You ought to be teaching. You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he's a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So he's reprimanding these believers. He's saying, believers... You know, right now you should be adults, but you still need baby food. What's wrong with you? It's kind of reprimanding them. Some of you may go from here this morning and say, what happened in church? Pastors scolded us left and right. <laughs> no, this is, not, this, this is stirring us up a bit and saying, listen, we got to come ready to receive from God. 
And so he's reprimanding these believers. He's saying, listen, by this time, you ought to be ready for solid food. But, you know, we need to teach you once again the very basics. God loves you. You have eternal life. When you confess, God forgives. Don't worry, my boy. God still loves you. You've got to teach you again the basics. He says, come on. Let us leave behind us the basic first principles. Let us press on to perfection. Let us grow on into maturity. Amen. He says, by this time, you ought to know what's right and wrong. You don't need people to keep coming and telling you, you know, that's wrong. This is right. Oh, please pick up your toys. Please make your room. Please, you know, keep your cupboard clean. I mean, you're past that stage. You're now an adult in the house. You need to know how to take care of things. Amen. Last one, number five. How can I come ready to receive from God? Is this. A readiness to act. Not a passive hearer. When we come together, whenever we go, whomever we listen to, we must have a readiness to act on the word. You know, it's good to take notes. But sometimes taking notes becomes the only objective. We note on everything, even the jokes. (laughs) Everything he said, I made a note of it. That's good. When sermon is over, book is closed. Everything is written in the notebook, nothing on the heart. So, sad state. I'm not discouraging taking notes, right? What I'm saying is, it's not enough to be an attentive hearer. You must be willing to be a ready doer of that word. When the service is over, you go out from here and say, God Everything you've spoken to me, I'm going to hold myself responsible to do it. Otherwise, we end up hearing sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. We don't put anything into application in our lives. And it's not going to benefit us one bit. James says in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. I don't just hear the word. Be a doer of the word. That's where the real benefit is. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he So he not just hears and forgets, but he hears and he does. This is the man who's going to be blessed. So when I come, I must come saying, God, whatever you speak to me, I will go out and do it. I'm going to hold myself responsible to do what you teach me. And that's being ready to receive from God. Coming with a readiness to do the word of God. Amen? Not just to be a good hearer. I mean, we need to be good hearers, please. But also a readiness to do the word. I want to close with this verse in Mark chapter 4. Where Jesus said, Mark chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. Pay attention to what you're hearing. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, this is a statement we made earlier. Now, this is very important in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, whoever has, more will be given. To the one who does not have, even the little he has will be taken away. See, in the kingdom of God, God does not respond to need. He responds to your heart. We think, oh, I have only little, so God will see my need and he'll give me more. That's how we humans operate. But that's not how God operates. God looks at the heart. So he says, with, be careful how you hear because with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If you open up your heart and receive, you will be given a lot. So if you have already a lot, it means that you are a person who is receiving with an open heart. And so to you, more will be given. But if you're a person who's got very little, it's indicative that you don't, you, you're not using a big measure to receive. And so in that case, even the little you have, you will lose. How you hear is important. If you hear with a big measure, open heart, say, God, give me everything you have. More will be given and you will have a lot. And you again open up with an open heart, receiving and more will be given. God responds not to the need. He responds to the hearts. Amen. What you respect, you will attract. What you disrespect or treat lightly, you will lose. When you sit under somebody and you respect the word and the anointing, that you will attract into your life. If you treat it lightly, a person could be speaking a true revelation of God. He can be very anointed, but it will not affect you. Just pass you by. Amen? So we must be ready to receive from God each time we listen to His people ministering to us. Not only here at all people, says, wherever you go, you may attend a conference, you may attend a seminar, you may watch it on television, you may hear it on, on a podcast, whatever. When God's servant is ministering, you must have a heart to receive that's ready to receive. Amen? How can we be ready to receive? We must be hungry. Hungry for more of God. Let's never, 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 never get complacent. Never, 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 never get satisfied with what we have, with what we've tasted. This morning, would you pray a prayer and say, God, make me more hungry for you. Make me more hungry for your words. Make me more hungry for your presence. Make me more hungry, God, for you and for your glory to be manifested in my life. Would you pray? Make me hungry, oh God. More hungry for you. How can we be ready to receive? We must have a humble heart. With meekness, receive the engrafted word. Would you say, God, I want to receive. doesn't matter who the person is. If that man or woman of God has a relationship with you, is walking with you, I know you can speak to me through him or her. We must be ready to receive. Lay aside the sin. The ungodly desire, desires a lust for the things. 
If our desire for the things of this world is more important than, the, than desiring for God and for the things of the Spirit, we need to reprioritize things. Would you pray? Would you pray this morning? How can we be ready to receive? Be ready to be stretched. Don't ask God to make things more comfortable for you. But say, God, I want to grow up into the fullness of my calling. I want, to be, I want solid meat. I want food that will help me fulfill my destiny. How can we be ready to receive us? Be ready to act on the word. God, what you've spoken, I want to go and do it. I want to apply it in my life. I want to live by it. I want to be ready to receive. We're going to take a few moments just to seek the Lord this morning and then we'll dismiss. Could you please respond to whatever God spoke into your heart this morning? Just between you and the Lord, just take a few moments to pray. Father, we just pray. We just join our hearts together and pray this morning, God, that you will raise us up as a church, that we as the people of God will put away childish things, that God, we will press on to perfection. God, we will press on to maturity. That we will rise up to be fathers and mothers in the house of God. That we will rise up, Lord, to be able to nurture other young men and women in the faith and raise them up to fulfill their destinies. Oh, God, we pray. Raise up a people who will move on to maturity. Raise up a people who will grow up in the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Raise us up as a people who will fulfill your purposes in our city and in our nation and in the nations of this world of God. We do not want to be a people who will seek our own comfort. But we want to be a people pursuing a heavenly call, a, a heavenly destiny. Here on earth, raise us up to be such a people, oh God. And we thank you. And we praise you. And we honor you, God. Father, we just pray that by the Spirit, you will show each one of us how to take what we've heard this morning and apply it in our lives, how to walk in it. That we'll not only be attentive hearers, but willing doers of the words. That we will grow up in all things to be like Jesus. We thank you. And we praise you, Father. And we honor you. We praise you. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.